Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the podcast for Encounter Community Church. My name is Ken Dollar Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter. And now we are at that time of the year. We have passed Christmas season and we've made it through the new year. And now we're hitting one of the most important parts of the year, the NFL playoffs. (laughs) Now, if you're not a football fan, I'm going to talk about it for just a little bit. But please, please, please don't tune me out because there will be a point to this. It's going somewhere. So just Ride along with me. But I am excited that my Buccaneers have made it to the playoffs, and we'll see how far it is they go. It would be fun to have them go back-to-back. I know it's a tall order, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But you know what I was thinking is that, and, and this is why I really want you to stick with me, because th- there is a point. So we, we go back, and we think about at the beginning of the season, as every team starts off with 0-0, pretty much... Most of the teams, there are a few teams that you already know, like Detroit Lions, probably not going to make the playoffs. (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars, probably weren't going to make the playoffs. Like there's some teams that you knew. For many of the teams, it was, this is our opportunity. This year could be our year. This was like the year of hope. And now what we've done is we've whittled it down from 32 teams to 14 teams so 18 teams that means 18 teams have come to a point where their dreams have come to an end and eventually we know that 13 of the other teams are going to be eliminated and there will be one that will be king of the hill there'll be one that will stand on the top and again i'm hoping that's my bucks you know we'll we'll see I, i will say this though if the buccaneers do make it to the super bowl The Super Bowl is at SoFi Stadium. So if you happen to have a connection and you want to bless a local pastor (laughs) and give him the opportunity to go watch the Super Bowl, hey, I'm not going to turn that down. We'll not turn that down, but we'll we'll, we'll see how that works out. But here's a question that, that I really wanted to dig into, though, is what is the difference between perennial champs and losers like I said at the beginning there there are certain teams that you look at and you know that there's just no way they just they just won't be competitive but then there are certain teams that you know are kind of automatically competitive people knew the Buccaneers this year were going to be competitive Uh, the Packers were going to be competitive the Chiefs were going to be competitive there are certain teams that you know going in are going to have a say-so in the mix that are going to make some noise throughout the season. And I know some people will say, well, it's talent. And, and it really does. I mean, there, there is something to say about talents and ability. But we have seen examples of teams with lesser talent that actually go on to win it all. I, I think about the two teams that Eli Manning, the quarterback of the Giants, took to the Super Bowl And both years, they competed against the Patriots. And both years, they were told they would not win. And both years, they were the team with lesser talent. 
and they pulled it off. There was also, remember back in the day when the Lakers had created a dream team, like uh, there was Kobe was on the team, Shaq was on the team, I think Carl Malone was on the team, Gary Payton Sr. Uh, was on the team. Uh, we, we can go through the list, like they, they had a, a, a monster of a team, and yet they lost to the Detroit Pistons, who had lesser talent. So, so you can say talent, but, but there's, there's something more to it than that. I think talent helps, but you can have all the talent in the world, and if you don't gel and compete as a team, it's, still not, it's not gonna happen. But I think that there's one thing that stands out as well, and that is mindset. Mindset. Sometimes you will hear people talk about teams and they'll say something like, have they bought into the coach's philosophy? How they gel together? Do, do they have the, the, the mindset to work together? Do, do they buy into the vision of what it is that we're going, where we're going and, and what it is that we're trying to create and, and building a momentum towards that vision? Mindset and belief makes all the difference in the world. So last week, we started, uh, or last Sunday, we started a brand new series called Winning the War in Your Mind. And I'll tell you that earlier this year, it was one of the books that I listened to on Audible. And I was so moved by this book that I thought, you know what, at the beginning of the year, when we're all thinking about resolutions, this would be a great sermon series to go through. And this would be a great book to encourage our church to read because of the battle, the battle that happens between our ears. And it really is a battle that we have to win. I think about if you are a history buff and you go back and you look at some of the greatest wars in history, usually there is a battle that kind of turns the tide of the war towards whoever the victory will be, whoever the victor will be. Like I think about the Revolutionary War and, and the one battle that they talked about is the Battle of Trenton. And it was followed up by the Battle of Saratoga. And Battle of Saratoga was really the one that really decided, but the, but the Battle of Trenton is the one that kind of got it going its way because the Battle of Trenton was the first real major engagement that the American, that the colonists won. And the result of that is the French actually began to see that, wow, the Americans have a chance here. So then that's when the French, based on this battle, that's when the French decided to go ahead and saddle in and, and partner an ally with the Americans against the British. And we, we know how that war turned out. In the Civil War, uh, there's, there's, there's a couple battles. There's the Battle of Gettysburg. And in the, in the Battle of Gettysburg, there was an offensive push that was done by the Confederacy. And, but, but what happened is they began to run out of resources and eventually the Union were able to push back and win that battle. And then it went on to the Battle of Vicksburg and it was the Battle of Vicksburg that really was the deciding battle where the end of the war, the victor of the war was just inevitable. And then in World War II, there's, there's a couple of examples we can think of. Uh, one is the Battle of the Bulge. 
And again, what happened with the Battle of the Bulge is that the Germans made this offensive where they tried to break through uh, the lines of the Allies. And they pushed really hard, and the lines of the Allies did bend, but they didn't break. That's why it's called the Battle of the Bulge. And that was a turning point that now when the Allies begin to move forward, the Allies begin to push the Germans back to Germany. The other war, or the other battle that was so significant in World War II is we think about the other side of the Americas in the battle of the Pacific as we went against the Japanese. And the one war that really, or the one battle that really began to change the tide of the Pacific is the Battle of Midway. So what happened is American code breakers were able to break through the code of the Japanese and realize what the Japanese were about to do. And so we were able to launch air assaults that took out, I, I wanna say four of the major Japanese carriers and air, aircraft carriers. We took those out. And the result of that is the Japanese never recovered from that. So that was actually the battle that turned the tide. So when we go back and we begin to look at wars, we can find that battle. Just imagine this, that you are in a war for your mind. You're in a war for your mind. Now, now here's the thing. Are you aware of that war? Do you realize that you're in a battle? What's the one thing in our lives that can go unchecked? Now, I know some of you will say my checkbook. Because, <laughs> and we've all experienced that, right? When we, we didn't go through and, and check our checkbooks on a regular basis and we experienced some little boing, right? Those checks bounced, baby. We could say that. But I will say that the one area of our lives that tend to go unchecked the most would be our thoughts. What is it that goes through your mind? Our thoughts. And, and here's one of the things that I said on Sunday is I said that our lives will always flow in the direction or move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Now, let me take a step back. In doing this series, The War of Your Mind, Winning the War of Your Mind, is based off a book written by a guy named Craig Groeschel. And, and so a lot of these thoughts are, are fueled through that. And I think it's gonna be one of those things that I, I wanna encourage you to pick it up. I think, I think it's a game changer. I really do. But in order to win the battle, you have to know that you're in a battle. In order to win the battle, you have to know that you're in a battle. I, I remember once I was in middle school, I was in the seventh grade, and there was this girl, I can't remember what her name was, and we were joking around kind of thing, and uh, I went <clears throat> like that towards her, and unfortunately, some of my Zerbert spit got on her face. <laughs> And, and she was angry about it. And I kept apologizing, like, I'm really sorry. And her last statement to me was, I'm telling my brother. And I was like, look, I apologize. It was an accident. I'm so sorry. So then after school that day, we're walking across the campus. This kid comes up to me and says, hey, which one of you is Ken? And I was like, oh, I'm Ken. And he clocked me. He clocked me. And come to find out, it was her older brother. So I was in a battle, and I didn't know it. Now, thank goodness, he didn't hit very hard. <laughs> I pretended that the hit was a lot harder than it really was because I didn't know how far it would go on. But honestly, he didn't really hit that hard. 
for him to be for it to be a surprise punch. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But see, I found myself in a battle that I didn't know that I was in. Now, if I had really known that her brother was going to come after me after school, then you know what I would have done? I would have gone a different way. <laughs> you might be thinking you would have been ready for ready to fight, had your guard up. No, 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 no. I am smarter than that. I would not have tried to fight that battle, not knowing who her brother was. I would have just gone a different route and you know snuck my way home. <laughs> but but when you're in the battle, what you can do is you can adjust your life accordingly. So do you realize that? You are in a battle for your life. And that battle is waged in your brain. Now, I, I really don't talk about this a lot because I, I do believe that sometimes Satan is given a lot more credibility than what it is that he deserves. I, I think sometimes Satan is given a lot more blame for our actions than what it is that he deserves. I think sometimes it's easy for us to pass the buck and, and basically say, dude, the devil made me do it. <laughs> it it's so easy for us to do that. And, and so one of the things that I, I really try to advocate is, is personal responsibility. Because the truth is the devil cannot make you do anything that you have truly decided in your heart that you're not going to do. He could tempt you, and he could try to push you in that direction with temptation, but in the end, you still have the power and the ability, thanks to the spirit of Jesus Christ living in you, you've made a commitment in your relationship with him. You have the ability to be able to say, not today, Satan. No, not today. However, it is important that we realize that we are in a spiritual battle for our minds. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, stay alert, stay alert, be ready. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Now, not your greatest enemy. The devil, is again, is not your greatest enemy, and I argue this all the time. The greatest enemy is the one that stares at you in the face in the morning. Your enemy, the devil, has, again, no more power over you than what it is that you allow for him to have. So he's not your greatest enemy, but he is an enemy. No doubt about that. It says he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, now think about this. When a lion is looking for something to devour, what does it look for? Does it look for the strongest buck? In, you know, the wildebeest or whatever it is that is going after, does it, does it look for the strongest one? No, because a lion doesn't want sport. A lion wants to eat. And so the lion is going to look for that which presents the most catchable meal that it can find. Your devil prowls around like a roaring lion. So what does he do? He... he he looks for your weaknesses, and then he will exploit your weaknesses to try to undermine the work that God is doing in you. Which brings us then to this point. Are you aware of 
the weaknesses in your heart and in your mind? Are you aware of the weaknesses in your belief structure? Are you aware of the weaknesses in your faith? Because what the enemy will then do is it will utilize its greatest weapon. Its greatest weapon. Do you know what your kryptonite is? And, and for those of you that may be unfamiliar with kryptonite, that's Superman has all of these strengths, but one of his weaknesses is kryptonite. And if he's exposed to kryptonite long enough, it'll actually kill him. Because Superman himself was from the planet Krypton, and so kryptonite is a meteorite from the planet Krypton that came to our planet. And so if, he, if he's exposed to that, then it can potentially kill him. It's his weakness. So your greatest kryptonite is the lie that you allow yourself to believe. There's a group of people at one point in existence, and actually some of them still exist to this day, that believe that the world was flat. They believe that. So they believe that if they, if they sailed out over the ocean, that there would be one point that they would hit, I guess, blackness, and then just <laughs> sail off the planet into nothing. Now, we know based upon visual evidence as far as satellites in the sky, orbiting, you know, those kind of things, we know that the earth is not flat. But here's the thing, is because they believe that, then what happened is it limited the level of adventure that they had, it limited pioneering, it hindered people who wanted to explore because they thought that there was a limit to what it was that they would do. So because of that, they stayed closer to home and explored closer to home. It wasn't until we began to understand that the world is round that exploration really expanded. So with this in mind, how many of us have the world is flat lies that we believe, that we hold on to, that have become a part of our psyche and, and who we are. In his book, Winning the War in Your Mind, one of the things that Craig Groeschel encourages you to do is what he calls a thought audit. And that is where you go back through and you begin to look at what are the thoughts that really go through my mind. And he, he said this, and I love this, so I'm just reading this directly from the book. Do you ever find yourself thinking things like, I just can't change, even if I try, I'll always be stuck. I can never get out of debt. No matter what I do, I'll always struggle financially. No one really loves me. And if they knew the real me, they definitely not want to be in my life. Wow, that was one that I struggled with personally. I'm not good at relationships. When we start to grow closer, I always do something to mess things up. People in my family struggle with their weight. I'll never like my body. I can't get close to God. I'm sure it's my fault. There must be something about me that keeps me from experiencing God like others do. 
When I look at what others post on social media, I feel like my life really sucks. Now, those were the list of lies that he listed. Those thoughts that filter through your mind. And there's a quote that's in the book that I, that I loved, and I wanted to read that. It says, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. So this is why it's so vital for you to go back and begin to analyze the thoughts that go through your brain. I love what it says in Psalm 13, verses, verse 2. It says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Now, this is written by a guy named David, and he's going through something really challenging in his life. But you know what really exponentially increases the pressure of the challenges that we face in our lives is what we believe. Especially if those challenges fly directly parallel with the lie that we believe. There are times when our lies that we believe will feed on the circumstances that we face. And then what we do is we begin to crumble we begin to shrivel, we begin to die internally, mentally, physically maybe, emotionally. We become trapped in our mental prisons that really hold us back. I remember I was a kid once and I had my cousin shoved me into a closet. I'm, I'm sharing some really deep pains here, aren't I? <laughs> but I? But I had a cousin shove me into a closet and I pushed against the closet, pushed against the closet, pushed against, and they were, and my cousins were holding me in. And after a while, they walked away. But you know what happened is I didn't push against the door of the closet because I thought that they were still holding me in. And it wasn't until my aunt came later and opened the door that I realized, and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm stuck here. And, and I, you know, I just went through and I just talked about how Boo, my cousin, and another cousin, and sorry to out you there, Boo, but, <laughs> but how my cousins were holding me in this closet. And she's like, and she was like, boy, Boo's been outside for a while. So I had been stuck in the closet mentally that I could, I could have been out of the closet at least half an hour before I was set free. And as I think about that, I, I think about our lives and, and how many of us do, I, do, we, do we find ourselves in situations where we're trapped how many of us find ourselves in situations where we're, we're held back? It's funny because Greg Rochelle 
shares a story in his book that's pretty similar to that experience as well. But I, I look at that and I think it's so important for us to begin to recognize that some of us are trapped in closets because we believe a lie. We believe a lie. So I think it's important that we make a commitment to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to begin to filter through my challenges. I'm going to begin to filter through them to overcome them. So the first thing that we are encouraged, and I want to encourage you to do, is to, throughout the day, is to start, and this is again something that he encouraged you to do in the book, and I love it, is to start a thought audit. So throughout your day, just write down the thoughts that go through your mind. Whatever the thoughts are, just write them down. Just write them down as they go through your mind. What you do is at the end of the day, go back through and you evaluate those thoughts and, 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 and be honest about them. And what were you thinking? What were you, what were you feeling with those thoughts? What connected with it? Begin to just analyze that because what you have to do is when, when, when you're in a battle, one of the things that you try to do is you try to take stock of the weapons of your enemy. You want to know what it is that they have so that you can know how do you need to arm up yourself so that you can bring enough men, enough soldiers, uh, that you can bring enough artillery so that you can begin to overcome what it is that your enemy has against you. So, so you have to do that. So what you need to do is you need to take stock of whatever lie or lies it is that you believe. And so what I encourage everyone to do on Sundays, I said this as well, identify the greatest lie that's holding you back. And then what he did, which I, which I thought was really great, is in the audit, to encourage you to, to look at your thought process, he, he gave two breakdowns. One is defensive, the other is offensive. And so as we look at the thoughts and the thoughts that come to my mind. And, and so the idea of defensive is I want to protect my mind from the enemy. So I have to begin to look at what, what, what are my thoughts doing to me? What are they producing in me? So he gave a list. And what I'm going to do with this list is I'm actually going to put this list in the description so that you can have these questions to be able to utilize later. But he says, are my thoughts tearing me down? Do I think worried thoughts? Does my self-talk cause me to shrink back in fear? Do my thoughts cause me to keep people at a distance? Are my unhealthy thoughts keeping me from the life I want? Are my unhealthy thoughts keeping me from the life God wants for me? Are my thoughts negative, toxic, or self-deprecating? Does my inner voice tell me I'm helpless or that life is hopeless? Do I find myself skeptical of others? Do I lean toward imagining the worst case scenarios? And again, there were some in there that I can identify as my own personal struggles. And, and I'll go ahead and I'll say them, I, I don't mind. One is, do I lean towards imagining worst case scenarios? I, I find myself wrestling with that lately. Uh, are my thoughts tearing me down? That, that's something that I, I wrestle with. 
does my self-talk cause me to shrink back in fear? 2021 completely revealed that one to me as well. And then the other idea is offense. So with offense, what I'm doing with offense is I'm now taking those thoughts and analyzing them and looking at how am I moving my thoughts toward God and in my relationship with him. So those thoughts are, are my thoughts building me up? Do I think peaceful thoughts? Does my selfish talk inspire me? I'm sorry. Does my self-talk inspire me to take faith risks? Does my thoughts or do my thoughts help me to get closer to others? Do my thoughts reflect my faith? Are my thoughts God-honoring? Do my thoughts reflect my hope in Christ? Do they inspire me to believe I can make a difference in the world? Do they equip me to become more like Jesus? Do my thoughts connect to the vision God has for my life? So these are some great questions to take some time and really be able to filter through. And, and again, I, I want to go back to a passage that we see in John chapter 8 where Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, so the thing that you must make a commitment to do is to begin to confront the lies. You cannot allow your lies that you believe to just freely roam through your mind or else you will continue to remain trapped. You have to commit that I'm going to face those lies. And it will take time. It will take time to unbelieve the lies that we believe. One of the quotes that I gave on Sunday is basically, this is basically along the lines of this. It says, negative thoughts persist because we believe them, not because we want them or choose them. They persist because we believe them, not because we want them or choose them. So now I want to encourage you to begin to break the tide and the direction of your life because your life will flow in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So begin to examine your thoughts so that you can make the changes necessary to see yourself grow and develop. Confront the lies with truth. And one of the things I, I said on Sunday, and I'll say this to you as well. If you get to a point where you're able to identify the lies in your life, but you have a hard time finding truth for you to be able to combat it and overcome it, feel free to reach out to me. What I will do is I will put my email as a link in the description. So that way, all you need to do is click and send me an email. And, and I would love the opportunity to, to encourage you, to support you, to uplift you, and maybe to help you walk through whatever lies it is that you believe and to begin to identify truth so that you can begin to see change happen in your life. This really is a key to helping us be able to overcome. It really is a key to our being able to do that. You're in a war. But the beauty of this war is that if you've decided to believe in Jesus, the war has already been won. But now it's time to knuckle up and fight those battles so that we can win. The day that you decided to believe in Jesus, that was the moment 
that was the deciding factor. As I, as I talked about before, that in every, ba- every war, there was a deciding battle that changed the tide of the war. The moment that you decided to believe in Jesus and begin to live for Jesus, that's when you started the tide of inevitability, that your war is going to be won. But now it's time to fight those inner battles, those mental battles, so that you can be free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So find that truth. Find his truth and begin to combat those lies with truth. And that'll be the way that you'll see yourself change. That'll be the way that you'll see yourself change. Well, I am. I'm really excited about the series and what it means and the way that it opens the, the door for us to see significant life change happen. And it's my prayer that you'll discover that in your own life as well. So again, thank you so much for allowing us, or allowing me to be a part of your journey. And here's my encouragement. If today encouraged you, please share this podcast. Share it with a friend, family member. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on our website, head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and subscribe or follow. That when we post new podcasts, you'll be one of the first ones to know about it. Also, if you have not done so yet, please follow us on Facebook or also uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. Head over to our profile, uh, connect with us there. Uh, That way, when we post a new podcast, uh, you'll be also one of the first ones to know about it as well. So I'm excited about this journey. It is one that I believe can be life-changing. And maybe 2022 can be the year that we see ourselves grow. As we talked about last week, unleash the new in 2022. Well, again, encounters about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, let's make a commitment to truly, truly love those that are around us. And love in. If we love others, love God, we'll find that much more that we can love about ourselves. And something really cool happened is we had someone donate a bunch of COVID test kits to us. And so we're going to pass them out on Sunday and we're going to pass out a test kit to every family that comes, one test kit per family until we run out of supplies. So hopefully if you're looking for a test kit, you need to find one, come join us for our service on on Sunday. And after the service, we'll pass them out to you. All right, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. 
As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.